Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Get out of the big city and experience a construction zone free test drive. There is such a thing. Another edition of the Standing By podcast. I'm Terry DeMonte. That's Ted Bird. Good day to you, sir. And a good, good boy to you, Dave. <laughs> we'll explain that another time. That's uh, something uh, from our past. Um, we are uh, doing a new season of the podcast, and uh, we have a, a plethora of guests uh, lined up. Uh, and uh, we have a guest here today we're going to introduce you to in a uh, moment. I was saying yesterday, it feels odd. Because you and I look at each other, the guest is sitting there, and we, we look like we were being rude, yeah. and we are, kind yeah. of. Just to, well, I, I warned him beforehand. I yes. said, Zig, we got to yeah. do a commercial right off the hop there, yeah. so we're not ignoring you. We'll get to you in a second. Well, but. and in the new world, rude is fine, right? It seems like, and yeah. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. fucking ignore people. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's your problem, pal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to you when we get to you. Isn't that terrible? Wouldn't our parents slap us silly, wouldn't they? Yeah, well, you said that yesterday when we were talking about that, you, you know, be like, like having somebody over for dinner to the house and pretending they're not there. Yeah. yeah. But it's the podcast world. Seems like, yeah. It's a a new world of, uh, for Ted and I, it's like the wild, wild west. It really is. It's uh, it's, it's the same as what we've always done, but it's different in so many ways as well. Yes, it is. How Uh, is, um, just before we get started, I'm just wondering how, uh, how your arts in your head is. How my arse and my head are? Yes. Oh, they're fine. Do you want to tell that story? (laughs) (laughs) Terry's been laughing for 24 hours straight. (laughs) And we're back at the scene of the crime. We are, yeah. I can't help help it. Ted was in such a glorious mood yesterday after we finished recording a couple of episodes of the podcast. And uh, was was Murray? It was Murray that was here, right? Was it? Were you doing it for Murray? No, I think I think all of our guests had left, and it really? was just yourself and oh, me and Pantelis. and Pantelis and Poseidon right. were here. Oh, yeah. yeah, and su- suddenly there was a one act play that you devised with you as a was it a halfback cornerback cornerback? Yeah, I was That's a football right. pro football cornerback in coverage, and I was going to show the guys my backpedaling abilities, and it didn't work out, did it? You came out of the three point stance, yeah. And uh, began to pedal backwards and stumbled <laughs> over yourself and went ass over tin cup. And I was sitting on the couch outside and all I heard was, and then suddenly there were feet in the air. I hit the door, the open door. I careened bang, off that. Crash, bang. And I said to Ted, I'm very, very sorry because it's a terrible quality that I have that I love the falling down. You know, I love watching people slip on the ice, uh, especially if they have groceries. I love people <laughs> who fall down the stairs. It's really quite a cruel side of me. Well, but you know what? It is. It's. I think it's natural. It is funny when yeah. people falling down is funny, as long as they don't get hurt. And I didn't get hurt. You did not. No, I. You know, my pride was a little bit wounded, but. Uh, <laughs> I, you laughed so hard that I couldn't help but laugh along with you. And he laughed for the rest of the day. We were driving down the highway, and just out of the blue, he'd start belly laughing. What What was your point of view on that, uh, Poseidon? Did you get the oh, full I, I, view? No, I was uh, in the studio, and I just had uh, my view. You was, just saw me go the, by, the, just the blur. I just see, I just see Ted falling. I, I, I heard I heard what you heard, basically. I thought it right. was a commotion. Yeah, there, it was a commotion. Uh, the, I, the, yeah. I just heard the commotion. I thought somebody got into a fight. And I just see Ted 
I thought I thought somebody broke into the studio. I just see Ted falling backwards <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's hitting I, the door. Yeah, what I liked about it was there was a commentary that suddenly stopped. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing a commentary, and when you realized you were about to tumble to your death, the commentary stopped. Oh Christ! Anyway, might be a little old for that. Eh? I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're okay. But, uh, geez, Louise, that was a lot of fun. Let's uh, say thank you. Let's stop ignoring our guest and say thank you to our friends at Jaguar Land Rover Laval. Well, thankfully, I wasn't injured because we were able to go over and visit them instead of yeah. taking me to the hospital. Yeah, we right. spent some time with uh, Nino and Renato DiCubellis and Adrian McGrath at Jaguar Land Rover Laval uh, after recording uh, two episodes yesterday, and uh, they were holding a charity event. And a snazzy event it was indeed. Well, snazzy, but not snazzy. Like, you know, they also own the only McLaren dealership east of Toronto. And McLaren, if you don't know, is a supercar along the lines of Ferrari, Lamborghini. It's in that that class. And they held an event uh, that benefited the Montreal Special Needs Family Organization. And this speaks to who, I mean, their product speaks for itself. Jaguar, Land Rover, McLaren, I don't have to tell you, they're beautiful, high-quality vehicles. But Nino and Renato... Uh, are such community-oriented people that uh, an acquaintance of theirs had someone who had a child with special needs and formed this foundation, and Nino and Renato said, we're going to help you out as well. We want on board. We want to do something with this. So they held an event where folks could go up and see these supercars, these McLarens, and they had all kinds of different supercars up there as well. It was just a fun day for car enthusiasts to go up with their camera, check out the cars, uh, buy some merch, Make a contribution to the uh, to the cause. Uh, Delalo Burgers, Louis Delalo from Delalo Burgers was up there. Uh, it was uh, it was a great late morning, early to mid afternoon event, and we got to hobnob a little bit with Nino and Renato. And they couldn't be nicer people. They're so genuine and sincere. Well, when we talk about families, it speaks yeah. to the family atmosphere that that family run business always has on a daily basis. But yesterday it was. It was uh, it was apparent to the you know the, uh, about how much they care about families. It was a family event. Yeah, it really was. So uh, again, the product speaks for itself. And uh, if you're in the market for uh, a vehicle along the lines of a Jaguar or a Land Rover, or if you're up in that stratosphere where you, where you might consider buying a McLaren. Uh, go see Nino and, and Renato because I know there are other luxury car brands out there, but you'll be hard-pressed to find people that good and decent and honorable yeah. to deal with when you make that purchase. I tried to make a down payment yesterday on one. You did not. Well, yeah, remember I had the $47? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's it. Terry, Terry reaches into his pocket and goes, I got 47 bucks. It's got to be good for a down payment. It was good for a laugh. Yeah, that's what it was sure good was. for. Yeah. Uh, JaguarLaval.ca and LandRoverLaval.ca. Um, our special guest today on this episode is a longtime friend of mine named Ziggy Eichenbaum, who is also, I like to refer to him and have done so on the radio for years, as the mayor, the unofficial mayor of Crescent Street. Ziggy, thank you for coming in. I should mention, it's the morning. Um, Normally, it wouldn't be, you know, I would say for somebody who's owned a legendary bar, as long as you have in the morning, morning isn't your hours, but you don't sleep, I don't think, ever. You, I've seen you leave the bar at 430 and then you're back at nine, making sure it's all clean and spanky and together. 
just like you. How are you, Zig? Very, very good. And you, Terry? <laughs> I'm just fine and dandy. Nice of you to agree to come in because we have lots to talk about, and I know you have lots of stories to tell. Let's start with uh, your story, uh, Zig. How did you... Where where did it all start? Where where did you come from? Where did you go to school? Where how how did it all start? The legendary Ziggies. Well, I, I went to Shamadi High. Did you really? Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah. I didn't even know this. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about this last night. I thought I got to ask Ziggy some questions tomorrow that I don't even know. Shamadi yeah. High. Yeah. Wow. It was a while so back. Are you Montreal born and raised, Zig? No, no. I was raised, uh, I was born in Israel. Poland. Yeah. Yeah, I that's what I thought. Yeah. I was three years old when uh, we left from uh, Poland to go to Israel. Okay. We came to Canada. Uh, my uncle sponsored us, so that's why we got into here. So how long were you, you were born in Poland and came via Israel. How long were you in Israel? Uh, 14 years. Is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then my uh, dad decided that was enough, and uh, my luckily one of his uh, brothers was in uh, Florida, and one was in Canada. And at that time, the Canadian government, as long as you had somebody sponsoring you, they would let you in. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so well, Zig, I've got to guess if you came from Poland, family were Holocaust survivors. Uh, my dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He lost everybody except two brothers. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. That's, yeah, that's, the, whole, yeah. unbelievable. the whole family was wiped out. Yeah. Wow. Um, and uh, so you go to Shamadi High School, and uh, how do you end up becoming a bar owner on the legendary Crescent Street? Well, we started in Sensover. It was uh, me and my uh, good friend, and uh, we sort of took over a bar restaurant. We had a tendency uh, to drink a little too much. So we figured it was cheaper <laughs> to own one. And then we got downtown. I think a lot of bars start that way. Eh? Guys who love to have a good time figure we may as well buy the place. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes yeah, it, doesn't. it doesn't. Well, yeah, if you're having too much of a good time, you're going to run the business into the ground, right? Well, yeah, you just got to make sure your friends pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was what year would that have been? Oh, Zig, Terry, up that would have been uh, thirty-five years ago. Thirty-five 30? years yeah. ago, yeah. and I remember um, because where where the how long you've been in the location you're in now? Uh, there'll be twenty-six years. Twenty-six in years, and I remember a friend of mine, uh, our late great good friend Skip Snare, said to me one day we were on Crescent because when I was young I was on Crescent a lot. And uh, we spent a lot of time there because we worked close to there. And I remember Skip saying to me, come on, we're, I'm, I want to take you to Derek's. And I said, uh, Derek's was a place that fired you. You said you'd never go back in there. And he said to me, no, 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 it's not Derek's anymore. Uh, a guy's bought it, and it's a really nice place, and he's a really nice guy. Let's go there. Now, that what year would that have been, Zig? Well, you said 26 years yeah, ago, right? Yeah, when you when, were you there when I first opened up? So yeah, it had to be twenty six years yeah. ago. Yeah. So that that was was that before the church pews? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. when you bought it, it was a fucking disaster. Uh, yeah, I had to redo the whole. It took me almost three months. Yeah. To, yeah. Because the the uh, the former proprietors. Let's just say they weren't spending a lot of time paying attention to the business. No, they had other priorities. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They did. And when you bought the place, what was your intention? Did you think, let's give this a go? Or did you think to yourself, I'm going to be here for a very long time? 
Well, I, I thought I was going to be there for a long time, but I mean, a lot of people turned around and said he's going to last six to eight months right. because I wasn't on the sunny side. That's right. And the sunny side always made it. And you were across from the legendary Sir Winston's. Yes, and Thursdays. Yeah. yeah. And those were the legendary places that Montrealers flocked to. And did you think you were just going to get the overflow? Because a lot that's what happened. A lot of people would try to get into Sir Winston's and then thought, Oh well, there, there's yeah, nobody over the street. Hey, there's yeah, nobody well, over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of times, you know. Plus, you get the regulars, and then you know you befriend the uh, nice people like yeah. uh, Terry Damonte. If you guys don't know who he is, <laughs> really lovely Ted Bird. You know, and, and th then they don't leave you. <laughs> I, I had to apologize to Zig for quitting drinking. I thought I might have put him out of business, but he's managed to survive for 25 years with me not drinking. Yeah, well, and, uh, and you know, there was a time when uh, we were working at Mix 96 and the office was on Fort. Every meeting we had, every... Well, we didn't even need to have a meeting. We just, we wandered down the street at yeah. 5 o'clock. Everybody would gather... You know, usually starting on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. But t tell them why, Terry. Well, because we like to have a good time? No, because Rob Braid was paying for everything. <laughs> That's right. We, <laughs> in I those days, we had a tab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I used to the, go once yeah. a month to collect the check. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And the boss, the boss at the radio station uh, would, uh, you know, in the days when uh, money was a little freer at radio stations, I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> And I remember every every couple of months, Rob would say, I'm, "That's enough." So his expression was, "Santa's knee is getting sore." Because <laughs> Ziggy would turn up in the office and say, and say ah, "It's two grand." Yeah. This <laughs> but that's part of what's made you successful, eh, Ziggy. Is you have quite a reputation of. Um, not only being loyal to your customer base, but when you started, um, you you quickly grew a reputation for it being a safe place to go. And when I say a safe place, I'm not talking about... Safe spaces. Safe spaces. Yeah. I'm not talking about that 21st century bullshit. I'm talking about if you were a hockey player, a National League umpire. A Formula One driver. Formula One driver. A professional driver. athlete of any kind. If yeah. you were... A movie a, star. A movie star, a famous author. People could... Those those types of folks could go there and relax. Well, yeah, we had the motto that uh, Cheers was uh, where everybody knows your name and Ziggy's was where nobody knows your name. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and I, I'm going I'm to sound like a complete arsehole here, but there was a... A time in my career where I was doing radio and I was doing television before the world of the internet, and I I got recognized a lot. And when I was trying to unwind, I would go to Ziggy's, and a lot of times people would, after a couple of glasses of courage, would wander over to the table to let me know what they thought. And you always kept an eye out. Yeah, well, absolutely. Like I said to the guys, listen, you can talk to them, you can say hi, but leave them alone. They need their own space. Yeah, and and I think didn't didn't a lot of people come to to enjoy that? I like like talk about. I know you you don't want to talk about some of your. Let's not talk about your current customers, but let's talk about some of the names in the past. Who well, I mean, Mordecai Richler used to come there every with his day, wife all, all yeah. the time. All, in the yeah. summertime, he was there almost every yeah. afternoon. Yeah, we he would sit in the booth with his wife, and uh, they enjoyed it. And people left him alone. Yeah. 
you know, and, and people know my regulars and all that. You come out, you see uh, hockey players, you see actors. Ben yeah. Kingsley was there, Robert De Niro was there. Uh, Payne Stewart, which I offered him tickets to the Canadian Open. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> now we have to tell, I was going to save that for later, but now we have to tell this story. Payne Stewart, in case you don't know, legendary PGA champion and golfer, um, and uh, was in town for uh, the Canadian Open. I think it was at Royal Montreal, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, you take the story from there, Zach. Well, he came with, uh, when we used to have the Expos, so he came with uh, Joe West, and uh, he said to... Uh, the umpire. Uh, yeah. Major League umpire. And yeah. he said to Joe West... Uh, wait That's all right. Who was that? Oh, was that Zach? I think, I think that's Zach's getting the call. Here you go. And he said to uh, Payne Stewart, he said, I have a little bar, people will leave you alone. Because he came the Sunday before... The, uh, yeah, the he was here for a whole week. Yeah. And he said, okay. So he came by and all that. And everything was going okay. They were talking a mile a minute, uh, talking about baseball and all that. Suddenly they switched to golf. And the guy's going really crazy with it. So I'm looking at the guy and say, you really like golf, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and he turns around, yeah, I love it. <laughs> So I turned around to him and said, hey, listen, I got some tickets to the Canadian <laughs> Open. Do you want to go? I'll give them to you. I said, golf and I don't get really along. So he says, no, no, thanks. I'm playing. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't really know that Payne Stewart was a... No, was, no, was I had no idea. And did he get a golfer. kick out of that, Zig? Oh, yeah. He yeah? Looked at like he like, wasn't offended or anything? No, like, no, don't no, you know no, who I am? No, no. Yeah. no he yeah. was, and one thing about him, he was such a nice guy. I mean, that anybody that walked up, they know at my place you leave him alone. And he turned around and he says, no, no, Zig, it's okay. Let him come and say hi. Yeah. They can take a picture with me. He signed autographs and all that. And came every day. Every day. Yeah. While he was in Montreal. And then, then he turned around and uh, he said, you make sure you show up on Sunday. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when, he, when the tournament was over, that was the one that uh, Tiger Woods didn't make the cut. Okay. That, that year he, he was in town. He yeah. Did. So then I followed him around. I, uh, you know, everybody, all my bartenders, the whole staff went down. And he came back after the tournament, and he looks at me, and he goes, where were you? I said, well, I, mean, I was following you around all of it. I said, I didn't see you. I said, what do you want me to do? Scream, hey, hey, what are you potting? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he stayed there all night, and had a blast. It was really, really nice. Yeah, the, if you go into Ziggy's, uh, if you're in Montreal ever, uh, Ziggy's is, by the way, in case you don't know, on Crescent Street. Uh, between uh, Demezenev and St. Catherine uh, on the not sunny side of the street. Don't worry about that. Um, and there is uh, quite a collection of sports me memorabilia. And one of my favorite sets of pictures are the pictures of Payne Stewart behind the bar. Yeah, bartending. Uh, bartending. Um, oh, that's another story. That when, yeah. When he finished bartending and he was ready to leave, we won't mention what hour. But he's ready to leave. He turns around and says, hey, Ziggy, I had a blast. Thanks a lot. Everything is fantastic. I turn around and say, wait a second. One, one, one second, Payne. He says, what, what? I just hold on. I went in. I punched everything. I said, it's $1,200. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean it's $1,200? I said, did you charge anybody for any drinks that you were serving? He goes, no. Well, somebody's got to pay for it. There's uh, there's quite a collection of pictures. I he I think he he autographed some things for you, Zig, because 
sadly, it wasn't too long after that appearance that he perished in that plane crash. Yes, he did, and uh, everybody was calling me. Because yeah. and, and at the beginning, nobody knew that if it was him or not because right. I think they shared the plane. So they weren't sure who was on the plane. Right. Yeah. And and it was a, a real tragedy yeah. because the plane was on for about I don't know five hours. Yeah, he was. If you don't know the story, he was in a private jet, and what they believe happened was there was. Uh, um, There's a, 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 a cabin depressurization yeah, issue, you, and they, I didn't and, know how to describe. And it everybody, uh, flight crew included, yeah, passed yeah. out. Passed out. Yeah. They were unconscious because they weren't getting sufficient yeah. oxygen. And in they, the plane they, crash. They had to escort the plane and keep an eye on it because it, ra- it ran out of fuel. Yeah. Eventually, and, yeah, well, there and was, hit the ground. Yeah, President Clinton, I think, at that time sent two uh, yeah. F-15s, and yeah. uh, they were going to shoot it down if he went over a city. Yeah. Yeah, but he yeah it was yeah. quite quite a tragic story, and those those stories are made even more tragic when you when you know what a nice man he was and what a good and decent fellow he was. Yeah, and, and he just got back. Yeah. He, I think he won the U.S. Open. Yeah, he was on a roll. Yeah. He yeah. was on a serious yeah. roll. What what was it about? Um, how, how did you know how to protect celebrities like that, Ziggy? What was it? A, because it wasn't a business decision. It was a kindness decision from you. Well, I mean, you guys need space, too. So when you go out you, and you find a place that people, you know, leave you alone and you can talk to your companion or you can talk to anybody you want. And uh, the, my regulars appreciate it, too. And uh, and that's it stuck to me. And I guess everybody deserves his own space. Got you. Yeah. I also think that most people, if they approach a celebrity, uh, it's... Uh, with enthusiasm more than it is right. with ill intent, yes. you know. They just if if anything, folks can tend to be over enthusiastic. Yeah. Maybe I don't, yeah. I don't know. But you know, you don't get too many people come up. And like, Let me tell you something. You get yeah. some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've I've had a couple of those, and and I wouldn't consider myself a celebrity, but you know, when you have a certain kind of profile. Excuse me, like I said, after a while, after a couple of glasses of courage, you can get some of that. Yeah. Some of some of the, the the best stories, the you know, the kinds of things that, that you don't expect would ever happen to you happened to me at Ziggy's Bar, um, including, you know, in the very, very early days. And I forget the circumstances. Um, the, I was sitting at the bar and somebody said to me, um put it they put a beer in front of me i was sitting in the corner mm-hmm. trying to hide and the bartender put a beer down and i don't drink beer and i said what's that and i he said well somebody wants to somebody wants to buy you a beer and i said well i, I don't drink beer and he said oh yeah you're gonna want to drink this one and i said why would i drink that one and he said look around the post you know the post that's yeah, at yeah. that bar and I leaned forward and I looked around the post and it was the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, Bob Ganey, was uh, was offering me a beer. Yeah, and you drink that beer. And uh, that beer that beer got drunken. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at a time when, you know, I, I was just starting to, to have a little bit of a profile and I couldn't believe the captain of the Montreal Canadiens was buying me a beer. It was, uh, it's those kinds of moments that can happen in a, in an intimate setting, because for people who don't know, we should explain, Ziggy, it's not a it's not a big bar. It's not a huge bar. Well, I mean, sometimes it's a lot bigger. It depends how many <laughs> drinks you have. 
<laughs> That's true. Well, it's kind of the antithesis of the places across the street, yes. Thursdays yeah. in Winston Churchill. Those are big, loud, yeah. happening, yeah. hopping yeah. bars. Yeah. Yeah. Ziggy's yeah. is a quiet bar. Yeah. It's, a, it's a quiet yes. place. I remember the, uh, the, one of the, it's a favorite stop for people who come in to watch the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I was sitting there one night with a bunch of people, and, and the game ended, I guess, and suddenly the bar was full of people with Leaf sweaters. A lot of them began to, <laughs> Go Leafs, go. And Ziggy wandered over to a guy with a Leaf sweater and tapped him on the shoulder and said, we don't woo here. <laughs> Have a good time, but there'll be none of that. No wooing. Uh, that's funny. Who, who are some of the... Well, if you want to see what Ziggy's bar looks like, go on YouTube and type in 60 Minutes Mordecai Richler. Who, who was the 60 Minutes guy? Morley Safer. Was it Morley Safer yeah. that came in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they, did the, they chose to do the piece at your bar. Yeah. That, that happens a lot, eh, Zig? Well, yeah, it does. Like, I mean, I have a few movies shot there, and uh, a lot of people doing their interviews there, just like you guys. Remember, uh, it was 15 or 16 years ago when uh, tequila ran out, and you did the interview <laughs> at 5 right. in the morning on yeah. my terrace. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the Gazette pieces that appeared were done at my favorite booth. Yeah. Um. And uh, and and athletes seem to love the bar too, eh? Yeah. I don't even know why. I mean, a lot of people just like going downstairs into a bar. Well, I think they it. like the intimacy. Yeah. Of yeah. It. And there's a sort of a cocoon. It's almost like a, a womb. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're enveloped right. into the yeah. womb when yeah. you go into Ziggy's. Yeah. yeah. And I, there were a number of days. I, you know, I won't. I won't go into it. But there were a number. There were a couple of times where we wandered in there in the dark, and we wandered out of there in the light. Yeah, well. and, uh, and it was early in the winter, so <laughs> the light came out. <laughs> a little That's earlier. all I want to say about that. Tell me about the. And I, we have to talk about this because this was all over social media. Tell me about Drake's appearance. Well. Uh, when he was a young lad, uh, he came to my place. Uh, it, in those days, I knew a lot of the uh, movie actors, still do, and uh, like George Mahalka, Ben Robin, they used to do the hair, hairstylist for the actors, and they brought him in. I think he was filming something in Montreal, I wasn't sure. This was and between, what was the TV show he was in, Degrassi? He was yeah, in Degrassi. Yeah, yeah. So it this was, is between yeah. Degrassi and becoming a big music yeah, superstar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was, I mean, he was, well, he was a young lad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we had a couple of nights and we had a good, good time and all that. And uh, I, I totally forgot about it. You know, I didn't know anything. Yeah. And apparently he was doing something at the Olympic Stadium with something going on there with the rap and all. Yeah, and there's a, there was a, a Lil, Lil Somebody and DJ Tall and Skinny <laughs> of the uh, of the Coach St. Luke Tall and Skinnies. Um, let's ask, sorry, Lil... Lil. Well, there's a bunch of Lils. There's Lil Baby. There's uh, there's all kinds of Lils. I forget which Lil it was. What's, what's the question exactly? What, well, well, there was a there was a rap show, yeah. a hip hop show in Montreal two two weekends ago. Was two weeks, Sunday. Yeah, yeah. two yeah. weekends. Oh, I have no clue. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm I just remember DJ Tall and Skinny, and that was my reaction. Well, oh, really? Of the Coach St. Luke Tall and Skinnies. <laughs> well, he showed up down there, and and then after the the, the show, he said uh, to his entourage, uh, "Let's go to Ziggy's," mm -hmm. and. Uh, they came down and uh, 
the, he said to the bartender, uh, call up Ziggy. I want to see him. And they called me up and he said, Drake is in town. I said, who? <laughs> He says, just show up, will you? I said, okay. So I, I, I'm the one that made him wait half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so who is the star now? <laughs> I saw a video that what? someone took from the uh, from the terrace at Thursdays of Drake coming down the street and going into to yeah. the, to the well, When they found out he was there, when I got there, there were two guys at the front door, and they locked the bar. Yeah, and didn't want to let you. No, in. And I said, "Who are you?" I said, "Well, uh, I think I owned it. Yeah. <laughs> My so, name's up there on yeah. the." Uh, yeah, so he this, didn't sneak in. They everybody saw him coming oh, yeah. because yeah. That, yeah. on that yeah. video that yeah. someone shot from the terrace at Thursdays, like yeah. everyone's going nuts yeah. because well, I mean, it's yeah. like, "Wow, it's yeah. Drake, man!" So when I got in there, he, Drake seen me, and he said, "Hey, Ziggy, we come up, we hugged, and all that, and we started talking, and uh, he he looked at one of the hats that." I have there, and he says, Ziggy, can I have one? I say, yeah, yeah, sure. Anyway, and then, then he, we took a picture with it and yeah. all that. What is it the hat says? Uh, uh, Make Ziggy's uh, great. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. Oh, it says yeah, Ziggy's. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Ziggy's Bob Montreal, best shit <laughs> <laughs> Right. Great merchant Ziggy's. Yeah. The, the, the oh, staff must have just about shit when he walked in the door, I would oh, imagine. Yeah. He's one of the most famous people on the planet yeah. right now. Well, I mean, I was like, and the bar was full, so they yeah. sort of the, the two guys in security locked it in and all that, and and uh, he went in and he rang the bell. When you ring the bell, you got to buy the bar around. <laughs> well, he didn't know that. <laughs> he thought it was because it was a good tip. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> See, in the states, when you have a bell, yeah. and you get a good tip, you ring the you, you ring, ring the, the bell. bell. Yeah. But I put the bell outside. Okay. So now, when you ring the bell, you have to buy a. <laughs> I'm sure he could handle it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure he could. I tell but you one thing, Terry. The nicest, nicest person you can meet. Wow. He shook everybody's hand. Yeah. Anybody wanted to take a picture with him, he just took the picture with him and all that. It's, it says something about you, though, Zig, that he wanted to come back and say hello. Well, he wanted to see a real star. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> no, I mean, he remembered it. I yeah. totally, totally yeah. forgot about it. I mean, that was 17 years ago yeah. or something like that. Well, it, one, of the, one of the great things about, you know, the, one of the reasons we call you the mayor of Crescent Street is because of your relationships with everybody in the neighborhood. And that's your neighbors. Uh, uh, you you know you guys aren't borrowing cups of sugar, but you you know you we can help get, each other. You help each other yeah. exactly. Yeah. You can get a bottle of tequila yeah. to one guy and swap a bottle of champagne, whatever. And also, uh, Ziggy was always very good to the local constabulary. Um, there was always a you know local guys. Yeah. And I remember you know we would be sitting at uh, our favorite booth. And uniformed cops would often walk in. Yeah, absolutely. And and they were they weren't walking in under any kind of sinister circumstances. They were walking in because they loved Ziggy and they wanted to say hello. And also in in a bar, it's nice to nice to know uh, that you if there's trouble, these guys are, are right around the corner. Well, I mean, I, what I liked about it is, is that they would come in and I would give them water all the time, right. you know, and, and they enjoyed it and, and they started feeling comfortable, which right. is very important because a lot of bars, as soon as the police officers walk in, everybody gets nervous. And yeah, and, and some people walk out yeah. and all that. And one time I had a group of people that when they came in, they walked out. <laughs> right. And they look at me and going, what's going on? I say, hey, listen, they don't like you guys. 
Let them walk yeah. out. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. you yeah. guys protecting us right now. Yeah. I said, the hell with them. And, and one of the things, one of my favorite stories is one day, because Ziggy has such a great collection of, of sports memorabilia, I had a, a young man with me who was not of drinking age, and it wasn't busy, it wasn't nighttime, and I said to Ziggy, you know, I got a couple of kids with me, and I'd like to show them some of the Canadians' memorabilia and, and maybe the Payne Stewart picture. He said, yeah, come bring them in. And uh, I, I brought the kids in, and we were looking at pictures, and the next thing I know, they, you know, we're, we're sitting, because there's nobody in the place, there's nobody in the bar, we, we weren't weren't doing no, anything I, wrong we no. weren't you know i didn't buy them tequilas and ziggy gave them both you know a coke to drink and and we sat and in and we were enjoying ziggy and enjoying the company and in walked the cops and the kids were the older boy was momentarily terrified but the beauty of montreal back then i don't know if it's still true there was we weren't doing anything wrong, and they weren't doing anything wrong. They smiled. They were nice to the kids, and then they left. Yeah, and and it shows you that that because what an impression he left on those kids. That's now. exactly right. And it, there's a, I don't know. It's that's just a. a the, I think that's a very special vibe, and I'm wondering what it's like because i haven't been in a while and we're not you know i'm not one of your regulars anymore sorry zig i know i, live, I live know in British <laughs> I, I can't afford the, the, the sports cars anymore what what is it like on Crescent? And terry i was going to buy a mclaren yeah <laughs> if i, if I start drinking again zig yeah. you can buy one yeah. how's that that sounds good crescent street is uh, a legendary street in montreal and um has been a legendary street in montreal for many many years and was often recognized as an important street in the downtown core but i personally think the downtown has gone for a shit um and uh i wonder what What's the latest on Crescent Street? Well, I mean, right now, after the pandemic, which, uh, I mean, I, for two years, I was only open for six months. So uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You were only open six months out of the two years? Yeah. Wow. wow. Because uh, our premier decided that bars were different than restaurants. Right. You, can, you can go to a, a St. Winston Churchill, sit at the bar, but because he's got food, uh, it's okay to drink, but the bar, no, no, no. You so you're not going to get the COVID as long as there's yeah. food there. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, good. I had, no. Yeah, I mean, I used to. I had, I had a sushi button that <laughs> 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 I would give you three pieces of sushi, and it's up to you. You want to eat it, eat it. You don't want to do right. it, don't. And then I said, no, no, you can't play that yeah. game. Yeah. Anyway, so, but. Uh, now it, it's coming back slowly. Okay. Well, Formula One coming back is yes. that's going to make a big difference, I assume. Absolutely, especially now that they're letting everybody in. We have a, a lot of the tourists are back from the States. Uh, uh, when they couldn't get in from the States, what we had, which was very surprising, was a lot of Canadians would go around, like from Newfoundland, Calgary, Vancouver. So we've seen a lot of them coming back. And before we opened up, it, it was uh, like a zoo. Everybody wanted to get it off their chest. Everybody right. wanted to come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is nice now. Now it's stable. You know, okay. so the people that wanted to come out came out. Now right. they're coming out Friday and Saturday, not every day of the week, which is nice. Uh, a lot of the bartenders can relax a little bit more now. <laughs> what, 
What what is um, what are some of the challenges of running a bar in Quebec, Ziggy? What what is or there some of the things that people before don't, pandemic or now? Well, it just as a business, as a bar owner in Quebec, there's got to be stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you know you we don't understand. You well, know, like I, mean, I, I, you know, like for example, one day you were telling me about liquor inspectors and stickers. Oh, it's. A, I think it's a, our province, or maybe uh, somebody else. We have stickers on the bottles, so right? We, we have to buy it from the warehouse, right? So if if a sticker falls off or anything like that, and they come in at that time, and you don't have a sticker on it, you get a fine. And then if you do it a few times, then you have to go in front of the liquor board, and they'll uh, lock you down for seven days to up to thirty days. Uh, they were supposed to eliminate that, but apparently COVID hit and all that, so right. now everything is back on. So you, you got you got to be careful what you're doing, yeah. and, and you got to make and like fruit flies. I mean, it's an appetizer if you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> If they, if they catch a bottle with fruit flies, first of all, yes. you get a fine. Really? Or if they're nice, they'll make you pour it down the drain. Oh, God. And not give you the ticket. So wow. it's a few little things. But mainly what, what happens in bars and restaurants and all that is the equipment that it fails. Is that know? right? That's the biggest yeah. issue? And, and a lot of it will happen on a Grand Prix weekend. Oh, your God. Your stop working. So you got to run around and, I, I love the one uh, one year you said to me, I've introduced a food menu. You can get fish and chips. <laughs> and when I got there, there was a bowl, a bowl of the goldfish. Yeah, 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 the goldfish crackers. <laughs> Next to a bowl That's of potato funny. chips. <laughs> fish and chips. I got food now, Ziggy. <laughs> Ziggy, what, how did you describe, one year you described it to me. You said, you said the Grand Prix. Um, oh, at, so, at the okay. time, it yeah. was NASCAR and, and Champ Car and, and Champ Car. Yes, yeah. yeah, how did it work? How you I said? said well, what's the difference between uh, Grand Prix, Champ Car, and NASCAR? You know, Grand Prix, they come in and they order a bottle of Cristal and they won't ask you how much. Champ Car, they order a beer and they say how much. NASCAR, they bring their own beer. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas for business owners downtown, isn't it? Yes, between that and and St. Patty's, yeah, you know. But Grand Prix, it's usually a whole week because yeah. the mechanics and the tire boys they, they they come in a week before, so they'll come in on a Sunday, right, and leave on a Sunday, right. And what's nice about it uh, uh, at that time, let's not talk about the pandemic, but when they used to come in, I haven't seen a lot of people the whole year. Yeah, and they're from Japan, Australia, Europe, and all that, and they all come usually to the same places that were there before. Yeah, so you see them again every right. year at the same time. What does the Grand Prix mean to the economy of the city? Well, it's absolutely huge. You're yeah. talking about uh, maybe seventy, eighty million dollars that comes Christ. in. Wow! And and the hotel jump right away on the bandwagon so they won't rent you it won't rent you a room for a day you got to rent it for like three yeah. or four days yeah. so they make hay while the sun shines yeah. is the old expression oh, yeah. Goes. Yeah. yeah well i remember there was one of my favorite restaurants was on uh was on mountain street in in the 90s um uh called uh we used to go there all the time not uh, les Mades olivier no that it was bishop it wasn't uh les Mades olivier it was uh up on uh, a mountain and I'm, i of course can't remember the name but anyway that owner said to me Without the Grand Prix, I don't make the year. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with it. Yeah, he, said he he could 
take the money he made from Grand Prix week, and that would carry him through any quiet time of the year. Is that, is that uh, accurate? Uh, very, very accurate. Really, eh? Yeah. Wow. Uh, if, if they, you know, I mean, they, everybody walks around, so everybody gets the gravy because you can't get in everywhere. How has it changed, Zig, from the, you know, Montreal was, when you look back at, you know, post uh, Expo 67, through the 70s, into the 80s, there were, you know, there were some economic downturns, but uh, Montreal and Crescent Street in particular and downtown Crescent and Bishop, they were uh, they were the lifeblood of the downtown area. Uh, you know, there was the days of the happy hour and the two martini lunch, and Montreal was quite a going yeah. concern back then. Things have changed. People's attitudes have changed. I think the governments have changed, and the, the people that run Montreal have changed the city. How have you seen it change? Well, it, it's, it's never going to come back to what it was. I mean, we all know it. I mean, the whole thing is, uh, look at Brassard, uh, this uh, Trant, and uh, look in uh, West Island, uh, look in Laval. You don't have to come into the city anymore no. to get the things that you, that you used to have to come well, into the what city What did you for. say? You said today you'd rather put a gun in your mouth than, than go downtown. Yeah, I said the only way I'm going downtown is if someone right. puts a gun to my head and says we're going downtown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I don't blame you. I mean, you, first of all, you can't find parking. No. Right. Second of all, you're afraid to have a pop and then get into your car. Yeah, right. Right. So, and, and uh, I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Look at St. Catherine right now. You can't park anywhere. I mean, the sidewalks are 10. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad, for not, not for the bars and restaurants as much, but the shopping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you're not going to come downtown if you can't park. Right. Yeah, they're killing downtown retail. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look what they did to St. Denny Street. Look what they're doing to Peel Street right, right now. You know, I mean, they want to do it all the way up to Sherbrooke, the, the double sidewalks and all that. So with the bars and restaurants in there are well, stuck. Well, they, they, I think they, they want to turn downtown into a promenade, right? That, that's what I think. But right. I mean, uh, they probably want to make it only for the tourists because I can't okay. see anybody living on the West Island yeah. or, or, or anywhere else around Montreal going to drive into town. Right. Yeah, well, it's become a pain in the ass. Rather than becoming something exciting to do, hey well, man, yeah. we're going downtown. That used to be exciting. Yeah. Let's go downtown. Now it's Christ. I got to go downtown. Yeah. <laughs> well, really, that's what it's yeah. become. Yeah, well, I mean, look at look at. Uh, well, you live in the West Island, but look at uh, West Island, Tashiro, Laval. I mean, everybody's putting their bars and restaurants in shopping centers, so they got parking. Yeah. Have you noticed? Have people talked to you about this, Zig? Have you noticed it from a customer point of view? Well, absolutely. I mean, I have a lot of people that come up and apologize. Sorry, Ziggy, we didn't come down because, uh, you know, we only come down when we can't. Yeah. So we can find a parking spot and all that. And I said, listen, I understand. What do what you, I don't understand, you know, like when I was, uh, I, I, I don't want to sound like somebody who's living in the past. When I was a kid, St. Catherine Street to me made my eyes big. You know, it was neon signs, and there were two. There was, there was hard to imagine, but it was two-way traffic on St. Catherine, and there were cars and blowing horns, and people were flagging. It felt like New York a little bit. It did. What, what happened? Well, I mean, like I said, they ever on the everybody opened on the suburbs. I, I guess lot, okay. Yeah, I have a lot of my friends that yeah. they, they just got fed up with downtown. Yeah. And they went and opened uh, in Laval and then the West Island. Look, look at my kibbins. I mean, uh, yeah. they got three different places all over the place. Do you think it's an age thing? 
Like as people get older, they get they get sick and tired. Of- That's probably one factor, but it's also the administration right now in the in the city is is uh, they're they're eco conscious, they're green, yeah. they want fewer cars, they yeah. want more bicycles, they make it difficult but I, to you come know downtown. What I, don't, I don't understand is I don't understand the arrogance of that. Like I I know that a lot of politicians are patting themselves on the back, talking about how they're helping save the planet. But that's delusional, you know, to, to think that, you know, if you build sidewalks so 12 people can walk side by side down Peel Street, and the economics of that, how many times have they dug up Peel Street in the last 10 years? Well, I, it just, you know, there's an, there's an arrogance to that that makes, that, that I don't understand, that you think you're somehow making a huge difference by making sure that nobody can park. I'm not well-traveled enough of late to know the answer to this, but I'd like to know if that's happening in other cities. They're not putting in big, huge sidewalks on Fifth Avenue in New York, no, are they, to no. make it to make that less appealing, well, or on the Champs-Élysées? No, some people will say uh, they, they changed Times Square. A lot of people will say not for the better, because you can now sit in a lawn chair in Times Square. And a lot of people argue, you know, is that the is that the good, you know, is that a place for a picnic, Times Square? I don't no, think it of is. Not. And I've witnessed it now in Vancouver, where there is an element of that where they're trying to make, you know, they're trying to accommodate people with bicycles and scooters and pedestrians, but they're they're also trying to accommodate people who want to come downtown and park. Well, it's like. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, maybe our mayor or something like that, that they're looking more towards Europe, that they're making downtown no cars. Yeah, but you, Europe doesn't... You're, if you've been to Europe, Europe was built when there was horses and carriages. Yeah. You know, that's why the streets in Italy are so small. That, you know, and, and there's, there are so many people in such a tiny space. We have so much room in this country. Also, well, Europe, people can park... Anywhere. Yes. Have you seen people parking in Europe? Yes. It's, it's, it's yeah. A, it's a <laughs> go to downtown Athens. It's it's a it's a free for all. Yeah. You, you go, if you can, wherever yeah. you can park on a on a, a sidewalk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that you know we want that kind of chaos, but I I I I I, I don't fear, but I I feel bad for you know the. Is it the the electricity that uh, used to be downtown? Well, I mean, they, they're trying to get everything in in, in uh, high rises and all that. Yeah. I mean, look at Peel Street uh, from uh, Saint Catherine. I think to Rennie Levesque, somebody mm. bought it. It's going to be all condos. Really? Eh? Yeah. Within oh, I didn't two know years. that. Yeah, within two years. Oh, good way. times. You know, wow. That's Bob McLean's and all that. They got the they their lease is up. Yeah, they're going, the whole thing. So is that good for your business, Zig, to have everybody living in towers downtown? I mean, I don't know. We're yeah. not sure. We're going to wait until we're going to see yeah. what happens. Yeah. It's, uh, maybe it's going to bring more people in. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure. Is Crescent Street still Crescent Street? Yes, it is. It it's, is. It's, yeah, you, you come over like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. and uh, It's still jumping. Yeah, it's still jumping. That's yeah. interesting because as the, the scene has moved from place to place, like St. Laurent was the scene for a while. Now I think it's more Notre Dame down yes. in uh, yeah. Little Burgundy. Is it yeah. in Little Burgundy or yeah. Griffin Little Town? Little Burgundy goes scene? all the way from up and down. That's yeah. the scene now, but Crescent Street is still its own yeah. scene and always has been, yeah. right? 
Yeah. Well, it, it, like you said, uh, Ted, uh, what happened to uh, Notre Dame and Little Burgundy and uh, Griffintown and all that, all the big restaurants moved there, like yeah. Grinders, uh, you got yeah. uh, you know, uh, Burgundy Lion, Joe Beef, yeah. uh, all of them are, are moving towards that and yeah. they have more space. Yeah. But uh, uh, it's a challenge to try and park down there. Oh, yeah. As somebody that lived in Griffintown, uh, good luck with that. And what happened to Saint Laurent? Was that political decisions that, that drove that, that that drove that scene that away? Was the local government fucked that up? The plateau. Yeah, they, uh, well, because they dug, they just stopped. They would not stop digging up, and people stopped going. Yeah, and then those businesses closed. What, what were the name of those big Italian restaurants? The drivers. Uh, there was Buona Notte. Buona Notte. Buona Notte yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Globe was the a Globe. big one. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, I mean, those in the nineties. Yeah. That was the oh happening. Uh, that well, was the happening strip. Yeah, St. Lawrence right now. Uh, apparently, what I heard, they have a lot of clubs, but uh, like more for the kids, eighteen yeah. to okay. twenty-five. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's coming back. You have a lot of uh, wannabe drug dealers and wannabe hookers. Okay. Great. <laughs> That's now just you what me. you want. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy, t tell, uh, I know you don't like to tell too many stories, but uh, what's a favorite sports story? Is it is it the night the Habs lost and they all wandered in? Like, what are, what are some of the, I mean, I, I've been in that bar and go, Jesus uh, Christ, there's Patrick Roth. Jesus Christ, there's Larry well, Robinson. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Don't forget, Terry, uh, for eight years, uh, Georgia led on the Canadians. Oh my God, I forgot about this. So I, I got every every. You time. were buddies with uh, Foster. Foster. Foster, yeah, his yeah, son. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, I was at the owner's lodge for every every game. Yeah. Now I'm a peasant like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't had an invite from Jeff Molson yet, eh? No, that little. <laughs> well, don't forget. That. I mean, he he got the Canadians in my yeah. back bar. Yes. Yeah. George Gillette was there, and yeah. Jeff used to come in there like something on fly all the time. Yeah, and and George at that time turned around to Jeff, and he said to him, he said that there were three bidders for the Canadians, and he said to him, he said, if you match the price, I will sell it to you because I bought it from your dad. Hmm. Wow. And that happened in my back bar. And that, wow. That's, that, that's a great that's, story. That's a great story. Yeah. That's sports history. And, yeah. and one of the things I used to love about it is that was, I would tell my buddies, especially the ones that came in from out of town, this was, even if you didn't have tickets to the game, if you wanted to talk to, you, to the owner, you could go to Ziggy's. Because Foster was in yeah. after every yeah. game. And they were the nicest people. And they would sit, and they would actually ask fans their opinion. Well, I mean, he asked me to invite you. Remember yes. when I took you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We there was one night we went. Uh, well, it was a couple of times I was in yeah. Foster's um, Canadian uh, Lodge, the Loge, and it was a combination of two loges at the corner of the rink. And uh, I had a couple of very memorable yeah. nights. Let's yeah. just say that that it was a very very memorable oh, night. Right. But one of the great things it was, you could sit in a booth. <laughs> with the owner of the Montreal Canadiens and talk about the club. Yeah, and it would, I mean, the reason he had to get rid of the Montreal Canadiens was because of Liverpool. Right, he bought the uh, bought the yeah. uh, soccer and, club. And he he taught me one thing, and he turned around and he said to me, Ziggy, three things. Never go into business with your best friend and never go 50-50. Really? Always go 50-50 with a shotgun. <laughs> so that means if you can't buy yeah. it, yes, you the other person buy it because Hicks didn't want to sell Liverpool. Yeah, 
And then because George had a feeling that the market was going to go down. And the market did go down, and then they wanted their money, the bank, and right. then they couldn't come up with it. Right. And my understanding is in Colorado, they have a law, like in Miami, that they can't seize your house mm-hmm. or your bank account. Wow. But they can take your assets. Wow. So you had to get rid of liquefy everything you had. Well, I was uh, I've forgotten about that. It was a very very special era. We got to do some business. Yes, I, and I, uh, I, and we got to do the tweet sheet yeah, too. I keep forgetting we've been we've been at this uh, for uh, so long. Um, I forgot we've got to say uh, thank you to uh, a couple of our sponsors. Who do you want to start with? Well, uh, why don't we uh, say uh, hi to uh, David Drucker and our friends at UPS Canada. Uh, I've talked about this, uh, well, if you watch the podcast, you know, uh, David Drucker and uh, Ted and I have known each other for m- many, many years, and uh, David Drucker uh, now oversees the Canadian operation of the UPS stores, and the UPS stores are the perfect thing if you want to send a package to your grandparents in Saskatchewan, or if you run a small business and you've got a dozen boxes that you absolutely have to get out today, um, they are everywhere. There's over uh, 300 locations, uh, more than 300 locations all across the country. And what I love about those locations, no matter where you are, you're dealing with somebody from your community, an entrepreneur like yourself who is uh, running the business to help you run your business. So whether you want to send a fax, you need to print labels, you need copies of things, you have to put stuff in boxes, that you need packing materials, that you need packing tape, that you uh, need shipping solutions, whatever it is, the UPS store can handle it for you. And it... uh, it really makes uh, it makes things a lot easier. I've, I've told the story many times about when we were moving across the country and the moving truck had come and gone and we had some stuff that we had to get uh, packed. Um, and I put it in a uh, container and brought it into the shop and uh, watched the uh, nice man at UPS pack it all uh, with proper packing in front of me and then taped up the box, got a label on it. And a couple of days later, we had it out in British Columbia. It really is the right solution. Whether you're a small business owner, like I said, or you want to get a package to grandma, upsstore.ca. Oh, thank you very much. Upsstore.ca. I always get the, uh, the website Let's wrong. do the tweet sheet. I think Zig will get a kick okay, out of this. Okay, you'll get a kick out of we this. Do the, I do this on my morning show on Light 106.7 every day, and Terry and I do it on Saturday mornings, and we do it on the, uh, on the podcast. The tweet sheet, we, take, we find three funny tweets and we and we uh, share them. And the fun thing about the podcast is that we can use the ones that we can't use on the radio. <laughs> so uh, there are some, there are some that uh, that could be used on the radio, but I think for the most part, the ones we f- we dig up for the show here are uh, yeah, like this one from at What's a Greenhorn. Sorry, I'm not a nerd like you all, but what the fuck is the periodic table of the elements? <laughs> the elephants, sorry. <laughs> the periodic table of the elephants. <laughs> hey, that's the same one. Here, yeah, we, got here. we go. From okay. At the Hype. Me passing someone. You slow, bitch. Me being passed. Okay, speed racer. <laughs> How true is that, eh? Very, very yeah. true. Yeah. 
And from at Cashman Actor, Inventing Sheep, Angel, here's the clouds you ordered, God, make them sentient, Angel, uh, okay, God, rips bong, and like really fucking dumb. <laughs> <laughs> the tweet sheet, a, fa- uh, a, a feature on the uh, the Ted Bird Morning Show on Light 1067. <laughs> Light 1067, 106.7 FM, online at light1067.ca on the iHeartRadio app and on your smart speaker. Which, by the way, that's where you can hear the reincarnation of Terry and Ted on a Saturday morning. Saturday morning, 9 to noon. It's Saturday mornings with Terry and Ted. Ziggy, have you kept relationships with some of these people we're talking about? Do you ever talk? I know Joe West is retired now, but do you, do you ever keep in touch with some of these guys? All of them. They all great. call. This they is great. Follow. Foster always calls. Yeah. I call him. Uh, George uh, is doing okay. Great. Yeah, I thought for a while there they were trying to get, uh, I think it was the Buffalo or Buff- Detroit. Yeah. He, he was looking into buying, buying another a, hockey club. Yeah. 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 So he, they were great owners. They right. really, you know, they, they, people forget they turned the club around. Yes. Yes. I mean, he's the one that came up with the section on top family section. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah. hamburger, Coke, and yeah. uh, three And everybody tickets. was shitting gumdrops. Hey, they're yeah. letting an American yeah. buy the These team? These people yeah. don't know yeah. anything yeah. about yeah. hockey. Yeah. And, and oh, that's one of the things I loved about Mr. Gillette was he went and asked people what they thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he did yeah. a lot for Montreal, yeah. too. Yeah. Charities and all. Yes. He had the Montreal Children's Hospital. Yeah. He had all the hockey players come up to every event. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. After Jeff bought it, he, he, he sort of think went a little sideways the players started wearing what hats they wanted in the dressing room yeah i won't mention names but <laughs> you know <laughs> but i mean in the, in, you know in his days and even before him uh, you couldn't do that you, right you don't walk into a uh, montreal canadian dressing room and you're a hockey player yeah and and you're wearing uh, your own hat yeah yeah yeah, yeah it doesn't go it doesn't fly um yeah some of these people you know, like you say you see them Either once a year or once every couple of years, but they they've kept in touch. Yeah, they really did, and they they always come back and say hi and all that. So yeah, it, it's nice to see. Uh, Zig, are there any more characters? This is really for a Montreal audience. I I miss the Nick Oftemars of the world. I remember when. Well, Nick- I'll tell you one thing: there, he probably got arrested. He would have been still alive, pinching That's all those true. asses. That's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. He would he wouldn't have been able to no, function in today's have world. Today. Eh? No. Yeah, and I remember, and I tell people this all the time: he'd be sitting in the booth at Ziggy's, and if you've never been to the bar, you, you know, if the bar is quiet, you can hear the door open, and then you wait to see what face is yeah. coming around from behind the glass. And and when it was when it was Nick, I would always think to myself, "Oh Christ, here comes Nick," because he smoked jetanes, um, and he was uh, he was always yelling. Mm-hmm. But he would sit down, and then the next thing you know, you were in this great political rant and listening, like he was such a, a character. Well, I mean, he brought a lot of those politicians to the bar, like yeah. well, Warren Allman. Yes. Uh, you know, so he, they, they used to huddle Mordecai Richler yes. and, and argue yeah. for hours and hours. Yeah, and or he'd, you know, he'd walk into the bar and he'd introduce you to somebody and I'd say to the guy, oh, it's nice to meet you, Andrew. What do you do? Oh, I'm a superior court judge in Illinois, <laughs> you know, yeah. or something like that. Are there any guys like him left? Uh, no, I no, don't eh? think so. That no. era I is think, over, I right? I think the last one was Mordecai Richler. Yeah, that's true, eh? I mean, I used to love him. Too. Towards the end, like yeah. he would sit on my terrace. Yeah. And I would always do, like, uh, as soon as kids came by and wanted to talk to him, I would uh, say, yeah. no, no, you can't do it. And 
one time he turned on, no, no, Ziggy, it's okay, let him. Yeah. And I said, something's wrong. Yeah. And then I found out he had cancer. Yeah. Uh, and then he would talk to anybody yeah. that wanted to be. Something changed in him. Yeah. Especially the young kids. He would give them as much time as they wanted. That's, what was, that's nice to hear, you know that? What, that's, what, that's nice to I hear. I want to tell this story. What was his drink, Zig? It was... Uh, he used to drink Macallan 12. Right, okay. With a Perrier. Yes. And his wife used to love... They said like a... Beautiful couple, and she used to drink half a bottle of champagne. Yeah. Jeff Clico. Lovely, lovely, lovely couple. And every, uh, like I said, in the summertime, he was always here in the summertime. He lived in London in the winter. But in the summertime, especially, we would walk down from Fort Street. It would be me and, like, three other guys from the radio station. And the time that we arrived, he was always on his favorite stool in the bar. And the favorite stool was close to... The booth that w- was my favorite. And we would always say hi to him. We would always say, afternoon, Mr. Richler. And he never acknowledged us. He never looked up. He never said hello. And one day I said to the guys, you know what? To hell with him. <laughs> I, d- I don't know what's up his ass. I don't know why he's so grumpy, but let's just leave him alone. He obviously wants to be left alone. And a couple of weeks later, we went into the bar without saying anything. We sat in the booth, and we were having a discussion, an argument about uh, a street in Montreal that had been changed direction, or it was a one-way going north or whatever. And we were all arguing and yelling at each other, and he put his drink down, and he turned around, and he said, no, boys, I, th- I think you got that one wrong. It's Aylmer, or whatever street it was, is a, is, is a one-way running north, so what you want to do is you want to turn before you get... And I, my jaw hit the ground. I thought to myself, oh, my God, he's so nice. He's being so kind. And I, after he left, I said, that was, that's such a turn... You know, he's gone from the sullen, miserable, the miserable, <laughs> I don't want to talk to anybody. And, and he was just so warm and nice. And I said to Zig, what happened there? What's going on there? And Ziggy said to me, he's, he's not well. He's, he's got a battle on his hands. And, and I think that's what turned it, eh, Zig? Oh, it turned him totally. totally. Yeah. You know, so he, he just wanted to grasp everything. Yeah. Anybody that talked to him, he wanted to yeah. keep everything that, that was and, going and on. It, and it's such... If, you, if you're born and raised in Montreal, you understand this. It's such a Montreal moment to be walking up Crescent Street and see the legendary Mordecai Richler sitting there with a snifter. Yeah. That's a real Montreal moment. As, that's as Montreal as watching Jean Beliveau come out of the old Montreal Forum with a briefcase. That happened to me one day, too. And go have bacon and eggs at Cascruto yeah, Coin. Yeah, 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 at Moe's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, those are really, really special moments. Um, Ted, uh, please tell me about my friends at Merson before we ask Ziggy more questions. Merson Automotive uh, is a full-service garage. They're known for tires. Generations of Montrealers have been doing their uh, summer and winter tire changes at Merson Automotive in NDG uh, for generations, hence the term generations of Montrealers. The Mersons have been in business for three generations. The fourth generation is up and coming. Uh, Ben Merson started the company. Mark Merson took it over when Ben retired. Kara took it over when Mark retired. I don't think Kara and Celso are anywhere near retirement, though. They're they're just moving into their prime. Here's the deal with Merson. When you go into Merson, whether it's for tire change, 
<clears throat> pardon me, or uh, automotive maintenance or repair, they will not sell you a product that you don't need. They will not recommend a service that you don't need. They have lasted as long as they have and continued to thrive as a business because they operate with honesty and integrity. And if there's two things you look for in any business, but particularly in that business, in automotive uh, maintenance and repair, it's honesty and integrity. You will find it in spades at the Mersons. They're on Saint-Jacques, just west of Cavendish. You can find them online at mersonauto.com. Tell them Terry and Ted sent you because we've been doing business with them for about 25 years, and I wouldn't send you anywhere else. Zig, have you ever thought about selling? Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What would you do? Eh? You can go down to Ziggy's. <laughs> <laughs> But then I'll have to pay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, when you were mentioning Bellevue, too, and, yeah. uh, when I was at the days with uh, George Gillette and, and Foster, uh, after every game, Bellevue would sit there for at least 45 minutes, and he would sign everybody's autograph yeah. that came down the stairs. And how many times did I, you were there when you were watching him yeah. all by himself, he'd yeah. sit there, and he watched every kid come yeah. down. And, and the way he signed it. I was going to say, if you've ever yeah. seen Jean Bellevaux's yeah. autograph. Uh, every, you, every autograph took a minute. Yeah. Because, I, he w- yeah. yeah. And I, I asked him about it once. Um, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to interview him. And I asked him uh, about the, uh, the care that he took when he signed his name. And he said to me, I'm paraphrasing, but what he said, what he was telling me was, if I'm in a privileged enough position where people want me to sign something for them the least i can do is make sure they can read it and that's the antithesis of mordecai richler pre yes illness and yeah. i don't mean to speak ill of the dead and no. it's nice to hear that story that after he got ill that he had he had that spiritual change mm-hmm. and it's nice that he went to his final reward with that in that frame of mind but that's a cautionary tale to me and Jean Beliveau serves as an example mm-hmm. uh, because he was Jean Beliveau didn't didn't undergo or require a spiritual change when when uh, he got towards the end because he was always that wonderful, gracious, kind human being. And if you've ever seen an autograph from players today, you understand what he's talking about because sometimes I look at an autograph yeah. and it says Kirschwald. <laughs> And I think, well, who, what, who, who, what is that? Well, you, you got to check the number because a lot yeah, of, a lot yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hockey pucks that I yeah. get in all the time. Like, who is number seventy six yeah. now again? Yeah. <laughs> Any tennis players come in, Zig? Oh, I used to have everybody come in. Is I that had, right? I had t- Agassi in there. <laughs> there you go. There's, there's no, a story for every sport, eh? Yeah. yeah. Remember, I, I sent you into my lodge. I had a lodge at the tennis when you before. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's a good thing. Ziggy used to. To give us tickets to that loge every year. Do you yeah. remember the time that Skip went and Anna Kornikova was this, playing? Is that what you were thinking of? Story I <laughs> Do you want to tell it? Well, you were there. I wasn't there. You told me the story. Wait, Ziggy had given us tickets, and then it was for Anna Kornikova, and I went with my late great buddy Skip. And you know, at tennis, quiet please, yeah. quiet please. And Ziggy's seats were at the end of the court. They yes. weren't on the yeah. side. They were at the end. So you would see Anna Kornikova yeah. standing there, yeah. bent over, swinging yeah. her bum back and forth while yeah. she was waiting to return the yeah. serve. And after the umpire had said, quiet, please, <laughs> quiet, please, there was, a, there was silence, and then you heard, 
Oh. <laughs> and it was my buddy's hip. Watching oh, Anna Kornikova. Wow. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you did. You had great seat zig. I forgot about that. Yeah, and they used to sign the, 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 my, my seat. What, what do you call it? The, the plaque. Yeah. You know, the yeah. Ziggy's pub on it. Yeah. What the fuck is Ziggy's pub? <laughs> it would be like Laurentian Bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Dom Tar, the Demeray family. Alcan Aluminum, yeah. Ziggy's Pub. <laughs> and you were a player, yeah. Zig. You were a player. And they used to get pissed off at us because we would come down with fucking the load of beers. <laughs> <laughs> and the dish at our bank would go, security. <laughs> and the security would say, we can't do anything. That's Ziggy's Pub. Those are yeah, that's, that's Zig's. <laughs> The, um, out of all the, uh, tell me about the the memorabilia, because it's quite something if you've never been into the pub. As I said, one day I wanted to take the kids in there just to show them the memorabilia. You collect it from auctions? People send it to you, Zig? Or? Well, a lot of uh, like the players, they give me their own sticks. Yes. So they play sticks. So yeah. they come up and sign it and give it to me. It's a lot of the stuff that I got in there, too, was because of you guys. Mm. You used to send a limo for me to go to the charity yeah, well, because you were our favorite With two bitter. bottles of yeah. champagne That's in there. Right. So yeah. I get you hammered. Good, yeah. Be good and drunk before the auction. Yeah. <laughs> get Ziggy all liquored up for the auction. Oh, yeah. Sold. <laughs> Ziggy Eigenbaum. Well, I walked one day. What was it? I bet I think two tickets to the <laughs> uh, to the Masters. Yes. And yeah, I think it was uh, it was the Masters tickets. Wasn't it a plane ride? Yeah, too? plane. Yeah. two tickets. Yeah, hotel. Yes. Anyway, so it was came out to twenty thousand. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, when I walk up, I realize what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I don't even like golf. <laughs> Tried to pawn his tickets off on Payne Stewart. <laughs> we used to do a, a charity auction, and and uh, come to think of it, uh, a lot of people, a lot of organizations got a lot of toys at Christmas because of your generosity, Zig. Uh, that's another thing that we, you know, I know you don't like to talk about. We've been very generous with a lot of charities, and and uh, um, that's come to think of it, you know, I, I think about the Melissa Etheridge. Some of the album stuff well, that, that you have. That was that this was when I picked it up, and Nick was sitting in my bar, <laughs> and I was so excited. I picked up Melissa's guitar. I thought it was his daughter. <laughs> Wrong, Melissa. Wrong Melissa. Yeah. No, he turns around and says, "You dim wit." Said what? He said, "She's a bass player." <laughs> yeah, there's a, there is there. Do you have a favorite piece? That's uh, in the bar that's really, really special, or they're, they're just all probably, special? Probably, yeah, the Keith Richard guitar. Yeah, that's, what's the story with that? Uh, that was Skip there, the yeah. guy going there. Yeah. You know, I, I picked it up, and uh, it's just beautiful. People like to see it. Yeah. So I, I, I think I got Melissa Hetrich, Melissa Hoftemauer, yeah. uh, Garb Brooks, yeah. and Keith Richards. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not only a great place to go get a cocktail, it's also a great place for... Uh, Sports memorabilia. Um, hi. Hi. Do you want to talk about sleeping <laughs> I, or engineering? Well, I want to talk about engineering, and I'm, I'm, I, we have a new sponsor, and I'm, I'm hesitant to start talking about it because I'm a knucklehead, 
And uh, when Sean came to us and said, "We would like to," I would like to advertise on your podcast. I'd like you to tell uh, people about my company and how I can help be- bring people's ideas to market. And I said, "Are you sure you know who you're talking to? <laughs> engineering now? What's that now?" Sean Smith runs a company called Voswin. They're an engineering and engineering consulting firm, uh, electrical engineering and design, industrial engineering and design. And uh, there is one other engineering discipline and design that uh, that is uh, skipping my mind right now. But uh, if you have an idea, if you are uh, an inventor or an innovator and you have an idea for a product or you have an existing product or service that you want to improve but you need engineering help to improve it, Sean and his team at Voswin are the people that you go to. Um, they do all the, <clears throat> all the research. They do all the spec. They do... They do all that engineering stuff that Mechanical, Terry and I don't know anything about. Yeah, like, Zig, do you ever have any ideas? Like, if you're in the bar, do you ever think to yourself, <clears throat> pardon me, boy, if I only had a something or other, I could do this better, I could do this easier. This is the kind of work that that, that, that they would do. Mm-hmm. And do they patent it and all that? Or well, they, they'll show you how to get it all to market. They take you through that entire yeah. process yeah. and show you how to get your, uh, your invention yeah. or your improved product or service to market it's uh it's it's stuff that uh yeah it when sean first talked to us ted and i both when he was finished talking went what yeah (laughs) (laughs) but sean is a fan of the podcast and insisted that if uh if you are looking for somebody to help you bring your idea to market sean and his company can do it for you yeah that'd be great I, i know a lot of people that it takes a lot of steps to bring Absolutely. something. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Beautiful service. Yeah. And not only Good do luck, they, boys. he knows all the ste- he knows the steps and his company can also help you with, with the design and the innovation uh, that you need to do. It's one thing to know uh, the steps. It's another thing to actually come up with the product and to make the proper, oh. to do the proper design and innovation. Like the website and all that, they can come up and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing they do yeah. with software as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 You name it, they can, uh, they can do it. Uh, visit them online at Voswell dot com and and then you'll go oh that's what they were talking about <laughs> there you go <laughs> Ziggy Eichenbaum is our special guest uh, we have been uh, well I've I've been going to Ziggy's for uh, the longest time uh, before I moved away to British Columbia and uh, affected Ziggy's bottom line <laughs> we uh, it's uh, our favorite place in town and and we decided to get Ziggy here to tell some of the stories what what is some of the um, have you ever had big trouble in the bar, Zig? I've never been in the bar when there was trouble. Well, it's never big trouble. No? But, I mean, always somebody, when he gets a little tipsy sometimes, mm-hmm. he gets a little out of hand and all that. But, uh, I, no, I, I didn't. Maybe maybe once or twice a year. Can you see it coming? You can see it coming, can't you? Not really. No? no but I, luckily for me, it's the, my clientele is a little older. Yes. You know, yeah. so I don't, I don't get the... Uh, yeah. I, I I remember one of the first times I was in the bar and uh, you there was a I I guess there was maybe ten or twelve kids came through the door and wanted to know how much your draft was and you said to them uh, I don't sell draft and uh, come on upstairs I'm going to show you where you want to go yeah, <laughs> I, I sent them to Matt Hattest. <laughs> It was the first time I'd seen a bar owner steer customers out of the bar 
because uh, you were looking for a specific clientele, well, at the, yeah, especially well, at the beginning, eh? Well, I mean, if, if I had that, a lot of uh, the, the Mordecai Richlers, the Nick yeah. Aftermauer, and yeah. the sports guy, they wouldn't come down. They yeah. said, we're not going to go down. We, we don't know what's going to happen when we get there. Yeah, yeah. So I, I tried to more uh, do it a little more mellow. Like, you know yourself, what I had to do, every speaker at my place had its own control. Yes. So, because... <laughs> Because I was a pain in the ass. Well, not only you, <laughs> Mordecai Richler well, and everybody yeah. else. So what I did is I put a, a, a control on every speaker. So if Terry would sit there and he says, Ziggy, can you lower the music? I can lower that side. Yeah. You don't have to lower the whole bar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, one of That's the, smart. One of the things that we loved about the place. Can I patent that now, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah take that to Sean. <laughs> yeah. But by the way, uh, a good idea. Sorry to interrupt. That's uh, all right. A good idea for the uh, engineering thing that you guys said. I've had this idea for a while for the bars. I don't know if it's good or bad. Yeah. You're going to tell me yeah. you're a bar owner. Is uh, You know how the bar owner, the, the guy behind the bar is always like, what do you want? What do you want? He always has to go see all these yeah. people, right? What you do is you put an extension on the bar of a screen. You make it about, and you put multiple screens about shoulder width apart from each other. And everyone goes up to the bar. They order their drink on that screen. They type in, and you can, the bar owner can edit what drinks they can choose from. They order, and the, the guy behind the bar gets it on the screen, and whichever he gets first, obviously he pours that one and brings it to people, and they can pay from the machine directly from the bar. Oh, boy. Well, that's got to be a little more high-tech than me. I say, what the <laughs> fuck yeah. do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want a cocktail, you ain't getting it from me. <laughs> Well, that's that's another feature of the bar that I love when people come in and they want some kind of exotic thing with an umbrella in it. And say, what do you always say to them? Say, what kind of beer do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or here's your rye and ginger. This is yeah. one of the one of the things that we loved about the bar was you could you could go and you could have a discussion about work. You could have a discussion about music. You could have a discussion about whatever you wanted. My, my you know, it was the place that I would choose to bring. Uh, guests that uh, had a profile um, before he was prime minister, the prime minister yes, and I would yeah. ga would gather there, and we would want to have a conversation. So you didn't want to oh. go somewhere where you had to yell over the music. Yeah, he never forgot about it. Still coming I back. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you still see him. Eh? <laughs> yeah, he came during COVID too with a mask on. Yeah, yeah. Even after he became prime minister, well, th yeah. that's a nice. It's a nice thing. Drake, the prime minister, yeah, the yeah. the athletes, they don't forget. Yeah. No, that's nice about it. Yeah, yeah. especially be to be honest with you, with Drake, that was a something. You know, was yeah. a curveball. Well, Drake, Drake yeah. is probably one of the most famous people on the planet. I know. I had to make new hats again. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you see a time coming, Zig, where you 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 would step away, or is it it's just in your blood? You just well, right now it's in my blood. It's yeah. working okay. It's working itself. I mean, I enjoy going in the morning and fixing the toilet. You know, yeah, <laughs> or or the, the sink mopping the, bar. the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I hired a cleaner. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah oh yeah, my yeah, god! Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, cleaner. Yeah. yeah. I, I still he doesn't come on Tuesdays because I like to still okay. keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I mean it, it's. Uh, I guess it's in in, in the blood. And yeah. All that. And, I mean. Well, you're more of a host. I re I remember one one summer day. I had a convertible at the time, and I brought our producer Jeff Bartlett, Puffus, as we mm -hmm. used to call yeah. him. And it was a beautiful sunny afternoon. And I said, you know what? We've been driving around for about an hour and a half now, and it's coming up on twelve thirty. I think we should go for a drink. 
And he said to me, Ziggy's is closed. And I said, no, Ziggy will open for us. And I called you, and you came down to the bar and opened the goddamn thing up. It was unbelievable. I'll yep. never forget yeah. it. You, you, is that the little convertible you have? Yes, yeah. remember that's the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think I you remember lost the story. Yes, you lost a couple of your hair plugs. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he decided to drive Driving me to. Up north. The, what was that? Was with Sean? We went to Bourbon uh, Street North. Bourbon Street. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. right. And, and Terry decided to take the top down. Yeah. And I just got my new plugs in. <laughs> <laughs> so the next day, Terry comes to the bar and I say, hey, Terry, you owe me 80 bucks. <laughs> he says, what's that for us? And I lost two plugs. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you just, it's, this is, I think this is what's made you so successful, Zig. It's kind of like going over to your house. You, you just like having people over. Yeah, I do, hey, but not in my house. No, 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 no. <laughs> no but I know, the, I'm but the, the bar is yeah. like that. The bar yeah. has got that vibe of, hey, you've com, cultivated com, relationships. Yes, that's a perfect. Wow, way that's to a big word. Yeah. I know. No, but I mean, it's not just. They're not just customers who come in for yeah, a drink. They they become friends. your friends. Yeah. They are. They are. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And it feels good to see them. You know, like even you, Terry. I only see you now maybe twice a year. Yeah. Yeah, if that, especially yeah. lately. Well, you'll see me this week now that I'm in town. Yeah. Well, you're supposed to meet Bill. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We're supposed to see Bill Brownstein there. Yes. Um, it's uh, time for me to uh, quickly tell you about our friends at uh, Met La Bonheur, who are uh, sleep specialists. That's what they are. They're sleep specialists. It's a place to get a mattress. It's a place to get a new pillow. It's a place to get your questions answered about sleeping and mattresses and mattress quality. This is the way uh, you want to shop for a, a new mattress. You want to be treated like family by a family-run business. That's what Matt Labonner, uh do. And that's what they've been doing for a very, very long time now. Matt Labonner, uh when you walk into a store, you will get warmly greeted. Um, and uh, you get asked a couple of questions. And uh, then you'll be pointed to a couple of uh, products. Uh, no one's going to follow you around. Nobody's going to pressure you. And now... Um, they've offered listeners of the podcast a 5% discount on anything in the store, on anything online, whether it's regular sales price, sales uh, 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 a sale price or a regular price, uh, you can get a 5% discount because you're listening to the podcast. The code is T-E-R-O-5, TER-05, or TED-05. So when you go into a Matlabonner store or you want to enter a promo code online at matlabonner.ca, enter TER05 or TED05 and pick up the extra 5% from our favorite family-run, long-time sleep specialists, the good people at Matlabonner. Matlabonner.ca, stores all over the uh, greater Montreal area. We got to get out of here. I, I think know. Zig either has to get to work or he has to yes. pee or maybe both. I'm yeah. not sure which. Well, the phone's <laughs> been ringing a lot, Zig. Zig That's I can't, right, yeah. I can't thank you enough. It was, uh, you know, I used to have you on the air every once in a while when I had a radio show, but this is more fun because we can tell more stories. Yeah. And uh, I, I really appreciate you coming in. Well, thank you, guys. Absolutely. And I miss you guys. But I listen yeah. to you guys all the time. Oh, That's God, cool. love you, Zig. Thank you. Thank you, Zig. Ziggy Eichenbaum, uh, if you're ever in Montreal, don't miss it. Uh, Ziggy's. 
just between, uh, just right around the court. Just go downtown and ask someone, where's Ziggy's yeah, pub? They'll and they'll tell, tell you. you. Yeah. On Crescent Street between uh, St. Catherine and Demazenev, closer to Demazenev. Uh, thanks for listening, by the way. We appreciate that very much. Standing by the Terry and Ted podcast is sponsored by Jaguar Land Rover Laval, where the luxury is unmistakably British, but nobody wears a top hat or a monocle.